And maybe I'll try Norwegian get wood again. I just also the way Murakami writes women. That's my one big gripe oh, with him. Yeah, yeah. But we will save that conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Asian American Forward podcast. Today we are um, talking about a book, which we haven't done in a while, but I think it's going to be actually really, um, really relevant given like where we both are, or at least at least you, Don. It made me think of you a lot as I was reading. Um, given given like kind of the situations we find ourselves in our lives now. Um, so we are today discussing uh, Haruki Murakami's Killing Commendator. This is his most recent, it's a few years old, um, but it's his most recent novel. Um, and we, I feel like we should tell the story of like how we decided to do this book because it's kind of fun. Um, but first I will let you jump in and say hello to everyone who's listening. So good morning, Don. It's nice to see you. <laughs> good morning, Katie. It's uh, very fine. So we go back to the literature and that's your major. And for me today, is I just want to learn from you what's the, uh, the, the you take from this book. But for me, I'm a, a Murakami's fan. It's, I read most of his book and every book I read, I'm for, so excited. And every time it's, uh, I can subtly feel the human touch on the on your heart so it's the I, but this time it's the first time it's the we talk about the japanese author and uh, i want to listen more from you because i think you are you're more professional to to analyze the, the uh, author or novels right? well i don't know i feel like literature is for everyone so definitely like having a degree yeah. doesn't give me any kind of special um <laughs> pri special privilege but um i have had a lot of practice interpreting literature um but i feel like the story of how we ended up picking this book is kind of fun so i want to tell it now um which is that i came to visit you in your office and because i'm an english major i like immediately my eyes go to the bookshelf and i'm like what books are on the bookshelf and i noticed that you had 1Q84, which is his other like really big, long, yeah. even longer than this novel, um, which I loved when I read at some point just for fun. But I think it was in high school and high school or college. Um, and I was like, you like Murakami? And you were like, <laughs> of course, I've been wanting to read his new book. You can read it and tell me what it means. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right. Well, like I went to the bookstore like the next the next day or something and was like okay i better get going on this because it is like 700 pages and i had a lot of fun reading it um i read like half of it on on a vacation so that was really nice um but i'm excited to to talk about murakami with you today so i wanted to jump in by giving a little bit of context um for who murakami is as like a writer um and kind of his bio and his background so um he's like the most japan is very um the novel as a form is very significant in japan it's just popular lots of people read novels and um, novelists are sort of like rock stars in japan in fact murakami eventually became so so famous and so renowned within japan that he had to move um to the u.s because it just wasn't comfortable for him to live there anymore um so he um originally though didn't start out as a writer he loved music and he wanted to be a musician, but he didn't really, he wasn't really successful at that. And then he opened up a jazz club 
I forget, I think it was in Tokyo, but I can't remember where he lived. And he didn't start writing until midway through his life. He kind of decided to, to write a book on a whim. He was like, I'm going to try this and see if I can make it work. First part-time while running his jazz club. And then it went well. His first novel was received pretty well. So eventually he was like, I need to try being a writer seriously. And since then he's become one of the most popular writers in Japan, but also across the world. He's hugely popular in English. Um, when he's translated. Um, and he uh, has since um, moved to the US. He for a while was in um, Cambridge, Massachusetts. So like near where I went to school um, as a professor. I'm not sure where he's living now, um, but he, to Japan. He's, he's moved back to Japan. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, so does he like live out in the middle of nowhere or does he uh, live? Not nowhere. It's, I think it's still in the metropolitan. I, I'm I'm not sure it's back to the Tokyo, but he's uh, living still in the metropolitan area, but ah. it's uh, a little bit of suburban area. I see. Anyway, so one of the things that's like important just to know as Murakami as a writer, I think going into reading his work, which you can like stop me if you've heard so much about this, is that he he's actually not super traditionally Japanese in his writing. And this is perhaps why he's so popular internationally. So I'm gonna read a little blurb that I grabbed online. Um, Murakami's fiction often criticized by Japan's literary establishment as un-Japanese was influenced by Western writers from Chandler to Vonnegut by way of Bragatan. It's frequently surrealistic and melancholic or fatalistic, marked by a Kafka-esque rendition of the re recurrent themes of alienation and loneliness. Those are good things to keep in mind, alienation and loneliness. He weaves into his narratives. He's also considered uh, an important uh, figure in postmodern literature. Anyway, so he's also a huge fan of like modernist American writers. So like the early 20th century kind of greats that you all read in high school, um, Hemingway. He's actually translated Fitzgerald, um, the Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby into, into Japanese from English. Um, and so there are kind of the, the fingerprints of American culture all over his books. One, one of his mo more famous books, Norwegian Wood is named after the Beatles yeah. song. Um, so that's just kind of like various things to throw in. And I think particularly with the theme of isolation, I've heard um, that like Murakami's um, sort of focus on these very isolated, typically male characters who are kind of alone, kind of represents a break from the traditional Japanese sort of focus on um, family as like a, a building block for your story and for your characters. And so this book very much is a book about isolation. Um, we have our main character kind of, it kind of takes place in a pause outside of his normal life um, as he separates from his wife who's, who's asked for a divorce and retreats to this countryside um, kind of mountain um, estate. Uh, estate is maybe a strong word, but he retreats to this, this house in the mountains. Um, and so I found myself really relating to the narrator's kind of experience of isolation and all of these like long periods of time where he's just in the house and he's like, I read for a few hours, then I listened to some records and then I got up and I made pasta and then I read a little more and then I painted for an hour and then <laughs> I like made a ham sandwich and some coffee. Um, and Murakami is kind of famous for these like passages of just describing really, really ordinary things. Um, and so I was wondering if you like found yourself like if if you like me were reading the passages of the unnamed narrator kind of like alone in the house um 
if you were like, this is quarantine, or if you were, if you related to him at all, or if there's someone else you related to? Uh, number one is that I think it's when you're talking about uh, uh, relate, related to my personal experience, that's totally uh, got into the real life of my <laughs> current situation. First of all, is that I'm living in the mountain view, the, the mountain. So you can see that the, my background is the, all the mountain around me. And every day, nobody can talk unless I want to go to down, down the, the, go to the um, downtown to shopping. Otherwise, it's uh, the entire mountain here. It's uh, just uh, totally uh, nobody here. <laughs> it's like a 60 acres, no one here. And the second thing is, I think it's uh, kind of related to, to myself. It's uh, I do have a, a dream when I was like a, 13, 15, even go to the 18. I really want to be the artist, the, the painting. So it's that I try to draw the picture every, after every uh, class from middle school to the high school, I go to the, uh, the gallery and just uh, do the painting every day, almost uh, riding the bicycle and learn that the painting. That's the, another, the way the, related to this book because the out, the author, the uh, character here is a uh, is the artist, the portrait, the painter. The third one is the the real life experience. Uh, uh, you know that the the separation is the similar situation. The mentality, how you go through the mm. the, the window, that's kind of related to my personal experience as well. So it's the I feel it's the very close to the. The main character in this book, everything is uh, his thinking, his action. It's that I can uh, relate it to myself. That's part of the, the game. And the last thing is about uh, the psychological is a uh, uh, similarity. So when you're thinking about uh, the process of uh, your thinking and uh, creativity, that kind of things even related to the politics campaign. So I just finished the. Uh, the mayoral campaign with Adrian from uh, back from uh, New York City, from presidential to the uh, New York uh, mayoral campaign. It's all pretty noisy. Every day we have a hundred, hundreds of people. And now it's uh, back to the, the quiet mountain areas. I feel kind of a creativity coming out from loneliness. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the very, very challenging. Sometimes you like to be associated with a whole bunch of people drinking, smoking, golfing, or play around or party. But when you really add yourself, you can have some deep thinking. That's kind of things that I feel this book is a set of the, the things so good, make people very, very quiet and calm down to reflect what's your life and the meaning of life. That's part of the the opening from my side. Yeah. And this character definitely uses his isolation to sort of um, process both the like separation from his wife, but we also are repetitively told about yep. um, the loss of his sister when they were children. She was like, I can't remember what she was sick with, but she was sick. And so um, over and over, he's having these like weird experiences where uh, I realized at some point, like probably about a hundred pages 
100 or 150 pages into the book that we had been told like the same story three times and we're just repeating over and over again. And so even though um, the novel is a little bit, it's a little long, I felt like um, the way that we like get these repetitions and have these sort of like moments where he's telling the same story again and again, um, definitely like reflected the main character's state of mind and sort of the state of mind that you have um, in isolation. Another theme though, that I really wanted to hit on, which I had no idea that you wanted to be a painter. That's super cool. Um, is that I want to talk about the role of art um, in the story. So the, the main character, the other thing besides the divorce with his wife and his kind of like loss of his, his sister during childhood that he's sort of struggling with um, and, and ultimately like the meaning of life, I think is kind of a part of that is he is he's been a commercial portrait painter and he decides he's going to quit his job because he wants to paint something that is his his own artistic expression something that's meaningful to him um and so but it's not just painting that kind of plays a role in the novel there's also like opera and jazz there's kind of a side plot with an a, the, another famous painter who is um on has dementia and um, so uh, the main character is staying in his house. And so I was wondering, um, the, the commendator says that like creation, it's not important to create something out of nothing, right? We're always drawing inspiration from another source. But what my friends need to do is discover the right thing from what is already there. So a lot throughout the kind of like scenes of, of the main character painting, he's sort of like discovering um like what's already in his brain and bringing it out to paint it and make something creative out of it um so I'm wondering uh like how did you how do you feel about that kind of uh perspective on creativity that you're not creating something new you're discovering kind of what's meant to always be what's already in your mind or like existing in the world but hasn't like come into a manifestation of itself yet that's pretty pretty challenge and the philosophical is a question or challenge to myself. It's the, I just recall uh, during my stay in New York City, I bought a annual, annual pass to the Metropolitan Museum. My favorite place in the whole world. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the, you know, it's the New York City, the street is very noisy. It's the siren every, every second. It's just running across you, right? So it's about uh, I try to at least uh, two to three times each week I can uh, visit the Metropolitan Museum. When you stay there, spend an hour or two hours, you can go through the every art pieces there and uh, calm down yourself and re regain your energy back to the normal life. That kind of things uh, give me the sense it's a win. 100,000 years of the human uh, civilization. And a lot of things is uh, existing there already at the, or normal life today is uh, either political or it's a career. The money really is not the, the most important thing. The important mm -hmm. thing is you can find some uh, humanity and the relationship built among us at the true touching of uh, our soul. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, the Joe Biden has said uh, it's a uh, uh, his slogan is looking for the soul recovery or it's the something oh, like that. Recovering yeah. the heart, the soul yeah, of America. So America, like so America. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the yeah. that kind of things. And also it's, I recall the first time is that's back in 2018. 
when I first meet Andrew and uh, step into his uh, tiny office in Metropolitan of New York on the 39th Street, that there's only one slogan on the wall. It's called humanity first. So in my mind, I have uh, no clue what the humanity first means to run president. And, but that's the, the, the slogan is a drive our entire campaign uh, focus on the humanity. Of course, the today I can realize and related to this novel, the humanity really, really is the, the kind of internal driving force of our life. So if you can observe or quietly be truthful to yourself, and you can find a lot of things around you, no matter it's the, the bird chirping around you, or it's the, anything in your life, you can immediately relate it to the meaning of life and uh, gain the energy to, to serve others, or it's the, find some ways to contribute to society. That's kind of things every day so when I wake up, especially it's, uh, why I like uh, Murakami is, uh, his description is so detailed, touch every detail in your life and mm. uh, bring the, the everything is uh, back to the calm is my mind and then it's the meaning. You know, it's the when every year is his name on the uh, Nobel Prize uh, literature, the nomination, every, yeah. every year he missed. But you know, it's the when you read his uh, bio, you, you see that he's a so self-disciplined person. He get up at like a four o'clock, and running ten miles, and every day, and they go back to his studio to study, and writing for three to five hours, and then it's the go back to the 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 uh, exercise, listen to the music. That's kind of a, a self-discipline for over like fifty years, all the way. And uh, I really admired people with so self-discipline. And then he keep a shut off all the useless social uh, gathering, just keep himself and make a one hour every day, just meet with people. Anyone is one hour, just limited one hour. He can talk with anyone. Those kind of a lifestyle is that I really is, uh, uh, respect. And also it's a want to learn the, the uh, the meaning from his novel. I like him so much. Unbelievable. Yeah. Me too. After I read this book, I like um, listened to the audiobook of his sort of like memoir. Um, what I talk about when I talk about running, which he talks a lot about his routine in that and also kind of yes. how he became a writer. And I felt so bad about myself. I was like, this <laughs> guy is like, what, how, I don't know. I can't remember how old he is now, but like, I don't, he's got to be in his 50s or 60s, right? No, he's uh, 70, 70 something. It's almost the go to the, the, the uh, yeah. Yeah, he's 70 something. And he like yeah. has kept up this running habit. I like was a runner in high school and I'm very much retired from running now because <laughs> I was like, no more. My knees can't handle it. Um, but yeah, he's like, he's crazy um, inspirational, both like in his writing and just in his, in his life. I think you make a really good, a good point. There is one last kind of thing I wanted to reflect on a little bit, um, which is like when I was reading his bio, and I think as you've noticed, especially if you've read and enjoyed 1Q84, which is his other really long novel, um, is that he um, has a lot of kind of 
sometimes it might be called magical realism or surreal like elements um, of his novel. So in this in this book in particular, the um, main character is consistently visited by the manifestation of an idea, which is kind of a character that comes out of a painting. There is a side plot with a like mummified Buddhist monk. And there's also some secret passageways involved, particularly towards the end of the novel. Um, and so I was, I was wondering if like spending time like in between these kind of like weird dips and gaps in reality, like how that, how that experience was for you as a reader and how that contributes to um, what you think Murakami is saying about the meaning of life. Cause I think ultimately what, what I kind of took from this, this novel is that he's sort of um, pointing out that um everything happens for a reason, but that you can't rush it, right? Like things are going to happen when they're meant to happen. You'll discover the painting that's already there when you get in the right space, which for this character is being out in the mountains. And then at the end, he ultimately returns to his wife, right? Um, They get back together and everything very much returns to normal, which kind of contributes to that weird sense of like this book kind of taking place outside of time. Um, and so I'm wondering also if you've, if you've either had moments in your life where you felt like you were experiencing this kind of weird consciousness or how you think that impacts kind of the vision of life that Murakami is putting forth um, in the story. Yeah, there's a the couple of things. The, the, the number one, one thing is the, uh, either I do not understand fully or is uh, not, uh, now uh, I disagree with his uh, uh, writings the tactics or skill or, is, uh, or the content that put some uh, the, the imagine, imaginary the character there is just uh, says that he can talk to the some of the, the ideas and those kind of things for me uh, I think it's uh, a little bit uh, out of my uh, floor of thinking I wonder the people is either it's uh, real people especially in the novel the real people talking and the living instead of talk to some uh, dream, the character, those kind of unrealistic uh, imagination and put into the novel. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things that uh, I think is a little bit uh, abrupt. It looks like a, just You didn't a like it. In. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's the things that the difference between you and me. Interesting. I think, yeah, I think it's uh, the real novelist, if they have a creativity, they don't need to put this character to enhance his idea or the writing. That's the, I feel it's the, the creativity for him in this book. It's kind of a, uh, looking like a, it's a dry up of his uh, real creativity and put the, this kind of a character there. Although it's a kind of a different style, okay? So that's why the, I make a self disclaimer. Yeah. I don't understand, or it's the at least the, from my point of view, it's I like to read a novel. It's a, it's a real person, even they they have a somewhat description of their mental experience or dream or mm. thinking psychologically. But if you put some character in the novel as a part of the uh, the story, and uh, it's uh, like a too superficial and too. Uh, falsely put into the 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 whole story that's kind of a thing he couldn't generate those idea but uh, 
borrower some outside. I was shocked. So many novels though are like built on like uh, what, like having unexplainable instances. I mean, the kind of concept of magical realism is super, super common specific, especially in like Latin American writers, which I had a very big kick at some point in my life. but, But not for him. Not for him. One Q84 was so surreal. Yeah, but the but the, at least the, for me is the kind of uh, it's uh, the my feeling that I follow the the uh, the story at this level, and whenever the the character the idea character jump in immediately drop to here. You were like, <laughs> I definitely didn't like the that character at first. Yeah, but the more the book went on, I was like definitely having those like, oh, this is how it's meant to be feelings, which I think is what you're supposed to get out of it. Like we um. I think part of like what the the main character and Murakami is kind of wrestling with in this book is the things that like can't be explained or really understood in any way that is complete. And so that's why you need the character of the idea within the story to kind of like be the, the manifestation of sort of the mystery of creativity and of life, right? That he's like going through these experiences that are very weird and coincidental, even in the character that we haven't talked about yet, which is um, the man whose portrait he paints, Manshiki, yeah. who has kind of his his maybe daughter and there's that whole kind of side yeah. plot as well. Um, even in that, right, the, the characters are dealing with like, how do we know that the life we're living is the life that we're meant to live? And we kind of just have to trust and keep keep going, right? When when the character goes at the very end, when he enters the realm of the idea, um, he sort of is just has to walk forward through the cave. And I feel like that's such a great metaphor for like what humans experience in life and what Murakami is saying about life in general. Yeah, philosophically, so I can I can feel I, I can sense where the, the, the path he's going to go through and I agree with the, the structure mystery everything there but uh, it looks like a, uh, the put the character and the dialogue there is too um, artificial the step there it's all and, artificial uh, yeah yeah I know, it's I know, the book but, yeah but the, I, I, I wonder that some people like just like a water the flooring very uh, naturally yeah. to go through your mind. This one is just like something through some stone in your heart. Maybe that's your the mind. point. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's why it's the uh, I. I told you it's uh, I'm not fully understand this part. That's the only thing is for me to explain it. Yeah, I know. I'm just arguing because I like to argue. <laughs> but also, I heard a great quote from Toni Morrison this week. Um, I'm teaching her novel Beloved. Um, which I haven't read since I was like probably 18. So it's really fun to read again. And she said, like, she has very similar, like jumping around in time and narratives. And she talks about wanting the reader to feel kidnapped um, by like the experience of reading the book because the characters were slaves. And so they could have had at any moment of their lives, like been sold or had someone they love be sold, or there's just like all of these ruptures. And so she wanted that experience to be mirrored in the narration. And so even though it's really difficult to read, I found myself appreciating it. And I think Murakami is probably doing something similar here where you're definitely in the shoes of the narrator experiencing everything with him and like being yeah. like, there's an, an idea. What does that even mean? Everything. Why is he yeah. talking to me? How am I hearing this? Maybe I'm going crazy. So ultimately I found that experience 
kind of a fun thing to read. Although I do have to say it took me a couple hundred pages to warm up to this book. And then by the last 300, I was like reading it in one sitting. Um, so I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy that book very much. No doubt that about it. Do you have a favorite Murakami? I want to ask before we close up. Like what's your favorite book of his? Since you're a fan. Yeah, I think uh, there's the... Uh... Norwegian Wood definitely is the number one for me to favorite. I can go this back. This so again. interesting because yeah. I can't even finish Norwegian Wood. Wow. I hate the okay. main character. I can't stand him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, may hate, you may hate the character, but it's the, for me, the, the, there is a so, so much I can, I can have a sense of a feeling of the main character. <laughs> and uh, for back to this, uh, the particular book to kill the, uh, the commanders, the, I think it's a, you just mentioned the uh, Latin American, the artist, uh, the, the novelist. Uh, this one is the, a little bit the mimic part of it, like a 100 year solidarity. 100 years of solitude, Gabriel Garcia. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the, that's the book that is my favorite, the, uh, the novel there. Even this, I never can figure out who's who, but I still enjoy reading that one. So this, I don't know. It's I the need to read Mar that book again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's the uh, Murakami is the uh, have some something borrowed from there, but that book is uh, from very beginning. There's the the outside force, outside the characters start from very beginning. So it's I can use to it, but for the Murakami and the, in the uh, Eastern the culture or the Asian culture. Generally, so we don't borrow these kind of things into the novel. That's probably a, a little bit of shock to me. Well, I'm glad that we had a little bit of disagreement today. That's fun. And maybe <laughs> I'll try Norwegian get wood again. I just also the way Murakami writes women. That's my one big gripe. Oh, with him. Yeah, yeah. But we will save that conversation for another day um, <laughs> because we're probably about out of time here and I could literally go on forever. Um, yeah. So Don, thank you for talking with me this week. It's always fun to have someone to discuss my reading with. Thank you. It's interesting talking about the literature with you, especially for the uh, Murakami's book. Sort of I hope writing. I live up to your expectations of what an English major should be. Um, <laughs> but we'll close there because we're about out of time. Um, so again, thanks, Don. My name is Katie Simpson. Our podcast is sponsored by Asian American Forward. You can visit our website at www.asianamericanforward.com. If you enjoyed the show this week or have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode, you can send us our, your comments at info at asianamericanforward.com. Or you can also just drop a comment beneath our YouTube videos. We would love to hear from you um, and get ideas from you. You can also find us on Facebook and hear more conversations between Don and I at our YouTube channel. If you're a fan of the show, please leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store or tell someone about us. It really helps people find the show. Thanks for listening and we will talk to you again next week.